Well, last Sunday, we started a brand new sermon series entitled Circles, Not Rows. And we're just going to do a really quick review. We talked about the early church. We talked about the church being born on the day of Pentecost. It was born in Acts chapter 2. We talked about how that that early church grew very large very quickly. And uh, Bible scholars and archaeologists tell us that it grew from about 120 to about 100,000 people in about 20 years. In fact, Paul said in the book of Acts, chapter 21, verse 20, Paul said, um, look at the church, see how it's growing. He said, you see, brothers, how myriads have become believers. And the word myriads, when you look at that, it means tens of thousands of people were coming to Christ on a regular basis. So we have to ask the question, what did they do with all those people? How did they make sure that they were able to care for those people? So many, so fast. Uh, We talked about last week how on the very first day of the church, I mean, when the Holy Spirit came in the upper room, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. On that day alone, 3,000 people came to Christ. That church grew the very first day of its existence from 120 to 3,000. It became a mega church the very first day of its existence. So it forces us in the modern church today, to ask, what did they do? How did they structure the church so that the people would be discipled, so that they would grow spiritually, so that they would um, discover their giftings and be able to serve in the church? Uh, how, How would they be cared for? And so uh, it's right there in the Scripture, and it's found especially in Acts 5 and 42. It says they met day after day in two places, in the temple courts. And we said that represents our large gathering of worship like we have here right now on this Sunday morning. It It was the large gathering of worship where we all come together. I need this. I don't know about you all, but I love Sunday morning, don't you? And I love uh, Thursday night. I love Tuesday night too. But I love Thursday night because we have Sunday morning on Thursday night at our church in Goldsboro. So we do three worship services every week. And that's that's our temple court model. But then it says they went then from house to house. And this speaks of the small groups. After they had met in the temple courts in the big auditorium like this, and they actually weren't in an auditorium, they were actually on the outside of the temple. They couldn't go in the temple because only the priests could do that. So they met in the courtyard. And uh, uh, one writer says that the courtyards of the temple could hold 50,000 people. And the reason it could hold so many people is because they stood up when they worshiped. They didn't sit. I'm sure that's a model you guys don't want us to follow right there. Amen. But they stood up for their their worship. And so, I don't know what that was, but it scared the daylights out of me. I just want to tell y'all right now. I know y'all thought the Spirit hit me because I was like, come on. so, So, they met in the temple courts. Glory to God. And then, they met also in... Uh, homes, house to house. 
And it was there that they were able to take care of one another. It was there they were able to connect. It was there they were able to grow spiritually. We're going to talk about that today. Here's what we know at the bridge, and I want you to hear me on this today. I want you to hear me. We thank God for where we were and where we've come from and where we are today. But let me tell you something that the staff knows, the leadership of this church knows, the elders, the deacons of this church, what we know. We know that what got us here, the structure that got us here, will not get us to the place God wants to take us. That we've got to structure things differently. Um, yesterday, I got a private uh, email message, and she's here this morning somewhere, but Penny Jordan sent me a private email message. She said, Pastor, I was reading back over my notes when we did the Purpose Driven Life, and she said, Rick Warren said this, and I love this, and I put it in my sermon today. Rick Warren said, if you think of the church as a ship, as a large ship, he said, the small groups are like the lifeboats that are attached to that ship. And so we're going to talk about that today, and we're going to preach, and we're going to talk, and we're going to stand up and sit down, and uh, we, just wanna, we just want the Holy Spirit today to just impart to you as he has to us the importance of you being in a small group of believers so you can help one another grow. On my right, your left, is the great one and only Pastor Andrew Stovall. Let's give it up for Pastor Andy. On my left and your right is uh, Pastor Andy's Tonto. This is, uh, this is Pastor, this is, uh, we'll call him Pastor Kevin Caps. How about that? <laughs> Kevin is um, our volunteer director of our small group ministry. Kevin does a great job, and he and Andy, Pastor Andy, work together. Pastor Andy uh, was my very first staff member. Um, I'm so glad he didn't know everything when I offered him this job. He probably would have said, no, nah, I'm good right here at Falcon Children's Home. But um, we, we love you, Pastor Andy. You've been here with us, uh, what, 18 years? Yes, sir. 18 years mm-hmm. on staff. Can we give it up for Pastor Andy and his family? Amen. I'm, I, know it's, I know you're not going to believe this, but I'm probably going to do the least amount of talking today. And I know you're thinking, I'll believe it when I see it, but... Or I believe it when I hear it. But Pastor Andy is going to just kind of talk to us a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about the benefits of being in a small group. And I want you to let the Lord uh, just speak to your heart today. Um, and, and let me just say, we have, we have a small group ministry in this church. He's going to tell you about that. But, but I want to just go ahead and set the stage to say to you, you... you Create a small group. If you're not in one of our small groups, create your own small group. Um, it, it's not that we want to know everything that you're doing or we want to get you under some kind of control. That's not it at all. You know we don't lead like that at this church. But we would just encourage you uh, to think about, pray about. Some of you are stuck spiritually, and it's that small group that's going to break you free. And Pastor Andy's going to talk about that a little bit today. Yeah. We, uh, we're just looking at a few of the benefits of, of being in 
a small group and kind of what that means. And, and I, before I get started, I, I, I do have to say, Pastor Farrell uh, Sunday last week said that Kevin was my little sidekick. <laughs> and we tried to find a Batman and Robin outfit to wear this morning, but we could not do it. So, uh, and yeah, everybody's probably happy about that. But, uh, but we, we do believe tremendously in the value of small groups. All of you are uh, already doing life in small groups anyway already. How many of you are going to eat lunch with family and friends after you leave here today and not making mom cook, right? Amen? Yeah, about, about uh, maybe an eighth of the congregation. Everybody else is fasting on Mother's yeah. Day today. So, but, but you're already doing that, and we are a church that has small groups in it. Pastor mentioned this last week, but our prayer and, and what we're seeking God for is that the culture of this church, that we would be a church of small groups, not just a church that has those that we offer. Then we have 52 uh, life groups, that's what we call them here, that meet right now. Um, but that number is going to continue to grow as people continue to get involved and continue to invest in each other's lives. One of the things that's very valuable in... Um, <laughs> Kevin, uh, Kevin's done, so let's all thank Kevin for being here today. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that's very, very important uh, in being in a small group and, and connecting with people that way is, is it enables us to understand and apply Scripture. And you know, I could, I could give you a bunch of anecdotes. I could give you some information. I'm going to share some things that I've read and some people that I've studied behind. But I think one of the best ways to share that information is to give a story as to how that has happened uh, here at the church. I, I do uh, one of the small groups that I'm a part of. is called Fresh Start. And it is for people who are brand new. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus at this church and you've indicated, I've accepted Christ we invite you to come to Fresh Start. It's on Sunday afternoons at 5 p.m. every single Sunday. We want you to come out and be a part of that. Well, last week we had a gentleman who came, and um, we went through our study, and he didn't have very many questions. He was very wise, actually. He listened to everything that was said, and he was taking notes the whole time. And I said, what's he going to say to Pastor Farrell when I'm done talking? I don't know what I've said today. But um, we got done talking, and he uh, we were right at the point of dismissing, and he raised his hand. He said, I've got just a couple of questions that I want to ask you. And what he did was, we had been talking about the glory and the greatness of God and who he is and putting him first in our life. And he was able to take a few moments at the end of our group and ask about three questions. We took 45 minutes with him. And we just, we talked, we prayed, we answered those questions the best we could and, and just encouraged him in his journey. And see, that's something. And Sunday morning's great, isn't it? Isn't Sunday morning good? Yeah? Come on now. But if you do that on Sunday morning, you're going to get introduced to the ERT team. That's our emergency response team. And they're going to get to know you if you raise your hand and start talking and asking a whole bunch of questions during the service. But in a small group setting, you can do that. 
You're afforded that ability to do that. The Bible says, and I believe we have this scripture on the screen in Hebrews chapter 5, verses 13 and 14. It says, anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature. Solid food is for those who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish between good and evil. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you think that's important in the world we live in? To be able to distinguish the difference between what is good and what is evil? And I know that seems like a simple, silly question. But we live in a world where wrong is right. And right is wrong in many people's eyes through the lenses that they look through. But we want to look and be true to the lenses of Scripture and look through the Bible and say, what does the Bible have to say about my marriage? What does the Bible have to say about parenting? What does the Bible have to say about interpersonal relationships that I have with others? And it's so, so important. And that's one of the things that a life group affords you the opportunity to do. And we encourage you, and I know that you've heard us say before, we encourage you to get involved in a life group and be in a group. And, and one of the things that we are planning, just to, just to kind of put this out here, we're working very diligently with all of our leaders to develop leadership, to get people in place who can teach, who can facilitate, really, is what you're doing. You're taking a Bible study and you're, you're going through that study and you're just talking, asking questions and guiding people and leading people along. If you can do that, we need you to step up to the plate. We need leadership. We want everyone to grow in maturity in the Lord. We want everybody to be in that place where they can stand firm when, when the enemy attacks. But one of the ways that that's going to happen is we got to have leaders in place. And so some of you signed up and we've said, listen, you're on a waiting list and we're going to get you in just as quick as we can. We've doubled the amount of life groups we have uh, already uh, and we're going to continue to do that. I know we're probably going to add 30 more by the end of the summer. And, uh, but that's going to happen by you getting invested and you being involved. And so I just want to put that out there as we begin this discussion just to let you know how important it is. You have an opportunity to share Jesus with others and help them grow in their relationship with Christ. You're making disciples. And that's what God's called us to do. So that's, that's a huge thing, Kevin. Is there? I don't want to talk the entire time. Anything that you would like to share as it relates to that particular yeah. uh, topic there? Well, we were glad you came back, by the way. Thanks for joining us I, again. I saw the panic button and almost hit it. <laughs> um, I think it's just we need fellowship. And we can't have fellowship with 1,000 people, but you can have it with 16 people. And I need mm -hmm. people to have my back. And you get that in a small group. I need people to, to when things are on my heart I need to pray about, I need 16 other people praying about it hard. And, we, and you're going to see answered prayers a whole lot more than, than if we have things and, and maybe our things that God's saying, I'm going to give it to you, but it's going to be down the line. But when we get in a group where we have uh, 20 prayer requests, we see answered prayers on a monthly basis, and it is awesome. You know, if I was sitting out here this morning and I wasn't in a group, yep. I think I would want to know what's it going to be like. 
Yes. What, what's a group going to be like if I go? Are you going to ask me to pray? Mm -hmm. Are you going to ask me to read or teach? Or do I have to make comments during the meeting? Do I have to share my deepest, darkest secrets with this right. bunch? You know, what's it like? Only one solo a month is required of anybody. <laughs> Just kidding. In the smart and for some a, of you, <laughs> no solo. <laughs> that's an excellent question. Um, you know, when you come to a group, a lot of people are a, a little bit apprehensive because you're talking about going into somebody's home, you know, and it may be somebody's home you don't know. You may be going into a place, and, and how many of you know that, you know, there are homes all over this county, and everybody kind of does things a little bit different in every home that we live in? But I'm going to tell you what we guarantee you when you go to a life group. Nobody's going to, nobody's going to ask you to do anything you're not comfortable doing. Nobody's going to ask you to pray aloud. Nobody's going to ask you to read Scripture out loud. Unless they talk to you in advance and get your permission, they're not going to do that. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And we want to be gentlemen and ladies toward you when you come into our group. We're, we're welcoming you into our home. And we want you to be very, very comfortable. So what you're going to experience when you come into a life group, you're going to, we, we adopted this from another church, but we call it the four W's. You're going to experience being welcome. You're going to experience coming in and there's going to be some food, right? Because, you know, we are the church. And when we get together, we got to eat something. You know, Hal comes to every small group I have because he loves to eat, right? That's, that's why he loves his mama because she, mama equals food. But you're going to have food. You're going to have fellowship. You're going to be able to talk to, to, to folks and meet some people and connect with people. And you know what's valuable there? What we've discovered is when people are involved in a life group, when they come to church, you know what they do? They call the members of their life group and say, hey, where are you sitting today? Where, where are you going to be when we get to church? Because I want to sit with you. Because there's seven, 800 people right here, right now. And I want to be with people that I know. A lot of you, right now this morning, I can look out in the congregation and see you sitting in rows with people that you know. People you're acquainted with. People that are members of your family. Your mama, okay? You're out there today doing that. So that's, that's what it affords you. So we've got welcome. We have worship. Of course we're going to worship God when we get there. We're going to get into the Word of God. We're going to study His Word. And listen, the other thing that we're going to do, we don't get hung up. You know, you have, a, you have a lesson. Pastor does it on Sunday morning. But, you know, if God's moving us in a particular direction or or maybe answering some questions. We were closing out our life group last week. And that gentleman raised his hand. Now, would it be wise for me when he's seeking God and, and wanting to find some answers about the Bible and about who Jesus is to say, hey, buddy, I appreciate you raising your hand. I thank you for uh, having these questions. But uh, we're out of time. We got to go, you know. No, it wouldn't have. We took the time. And so we're not going to rush through a lesson just for the sake of going to say that we've finished this particular uh, story or, or Bible lesson. We're going to deal with what needs to be dealt with in the life of a person. And we're going to do it in a way that isn't, that, that isn't spooky, but it is spiritual, right? That's the Holy Spirit, right? He's spiritual and not spooky. And uh, we just, that's, that's a guarantee that we'll give you. We want you to be invested. We want you to be involved. We want you to connect to a life group. And really what uh, Kevin was talking about uh, was a part of that, part of that uh, 
that welcoming and, and being in that fellowship is a life group creates a sense of belonging. It helps you sense that I belong in what is going on here in the life of the church. We have a, our Kentucky missions team. Do we have any Kentucky missions team in here? <laughs> they, they are excited. And, and look, they're, they're a life group. They're a, they're a group of people, and boy, they can cook too because they feed us well on Wednesday night. But they're a life group. Our choir, they're an affinity group. They're a life group that get together every week. And they, they save their woo-hoos for up here when, when they, they got the mic. But, but they're a life group. They look after each other. You know what they do? They care about each other. And we're going to get into that here in just a little bit. But being in a life group creates that sense of belonging. Ecclesiastes, I believe that scripture is on your screen as well. Uh, chapter 4 verse 9 says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their effort. Alright? God intended us to do life together. He never intended for us to do life all by ourselves. Nobody, no man's an island. I, you may believe it. You may believe I don't need anybody. I don't need nobody for nothing. I am a self-made man or woman. I don't need anything. But you're going to run out of gas sometime this week. And you're going to need that guy that drives that tanker to get to that gas station and fill that tank up so that you can go there and swipe your card or give them your cash and fill that tank up with gas. You need the guy who makes the tires that put, they put on your car so you can drive where you want to go. We need each other. And we need each other in church. And so I just encourage you to connect there. And then the last W that we talk about is works. And that's what we did yesterday. I got a hold of all the life groups that we had. I said, look, we're doing a cleanup at the park. And uh, I want some guys, if you can, to give a little bit of time. We probably had 35, 40 people come out to the park yesterday and uh, use chainsaws. And, and they, they wouldn't allow me to use any sharp equipment. They, they kept me back away from anything that could harm someone. But we worked out there and, uh, and, we, and it was a lot of fun. We had a great time. We sweat together. We had lunch together. We went back out and finished that project. The Community Crisis Center, that's another place that we do a lot of outreach. We're doing another works project with them at the end of the month. And so if you want to find out more information about that, I'd be happy to share it with you. But, but that's kind of the, the crux, Pastor, of what it looks like when you come to a group. And, and that's what we're about. It's not just about getting together for the sake of, of having a meeting. We want to make a difference in the world that we live in. And create authentic relationships. Mm -hmm. And we just can't do it in this kind of setting. We have to do it. And, and, and you get to know people when, they, <clears throat> when they're giving their testimonies and, and you're hearing where they came from. We come from a lot of different backgrounds here, and a lot of different states. And it's cool to get around people that you see that, that they grew up totally different than us. And, and I, I can pray for someone better if I know where you come from and, and how you were brought up and, 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 and what you were taught. And we can get in there and we can share ideas back and forth and we can show me some things that I just didn't see. I didn't understand that because you're from the north. <laughs> and, I, and I don't, sometimes I don't, okay, now I, that makes sense because, you know, we, we, take, we take them wrong sometimes and, 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 I, and I've seen things that I can pray for people better because of, wow, I did not know you grew up like that. And, and authentic relationships is, 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 is created 
over time. And it's over time spending people talking about other stuff than we can talk about at church and, 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 and spending time outside of these walls. And that's what we do. We have, we have group, group outings where you just go and you, you, if you bowl with people, man, you can learn a lot about them, okay? It's, it's amazing. And, and, and when you spend time, my, my group, we, we've got a, a hiking, camping group. We go spend time in the woods, all right, with a bunch of dudes. Then you learn really it's not weird, way though. too it's much. Not weird. It is, you learn way too much. But I've got a bond. <laughs> I know I've got a bond with these guys, man, that, that, that goes beyond something that I could ever get in a large setting. Um, so authentic relationships is one thing that we're pushing. And, and that could take, at the beginning of time, after we have our, our food, when we go into our worship time, we, we could have some... some um, some, some just prayer requests that just go on and last the entire time because we've got to handle this. We're going to take care of this, and I need everybody on, on board so we don't get to the, the Jackie Chan lesson, Francis Chan lesson, <laughs> right? We don't get to that. <laughs> we, we take care of that matter, you know, and, I, and, and, and it's very, very important. I've done the Jackie Chan lesson. It's pretty. If y'all awesome. could keep, hey, if you two could keep the humor at a minimum, these people are not used to that. That's um, right. Um, one of the things too, I, I'm just thinking yeah. how they might be thinking. Uh, we're going to take the time at those meetings to answer questions, but you're not trapped in the meeting. That's right. If you start to leave, you have to leave. Nobody's going to go. Well, where are you going? Mm-hmm. Are you not? Do you not love God? <laughs> you know, you're, we're not about that. If you got to go, you got to go. Yep. There's no judgment about yep. that. Yep. And so we don't want you to think you're going to get in some, uh, you know, super spiritual meeting where people are talking about the Bible yep. and they're talking yep. about and they're praying together and you are trapped and you can't get out. It's not like that at all. It's very casual and we know you have lives, but there might be a night mm-hmm. at, at the small group meeting when you, who maybe have been leaving earlier at other meetings, you need to stay that night. Mm-hmm. You need to be there a little longer with the leader or a couple of the other people. Maybe you're going through a rough time as a parent or you're going through a rough time in your marriage or you're going through a rough time financially or you're just going through a, lo- a rough time personally. See, here's the deal. We can't do that in here. Mm-hmm. I mean, we try to do it and facilitate that kind of ministry in here as much as we can. At the end of this service today, our prayer team is going to come up here to the stage, and we're going to invite you to come and let them pray for you if you have a special need. But still, it's not like being in that home. And it's not like, um, I, I love what Kevin said about the authentic relationships, because see, not only will you meet in your group twice a month or once a month or, or, or um, once a week, but you will, you will have connection with that person and you'll call them during the week. You'll be able to talk to them on the phone or you can say, can you meet me for coffee or can you meet me for lunch? And, and, and you're going to have those relationships. Here's our point. Back when we had 150, 200, 300, even 500, we could do some of that at church and you could connect with people and get to know people. But I'm telling you, 
If you don't get in a group, you're going to feel like you're just a person in a big crowd. And we don't want that for you because that is not healthy for you spiritually or socially, uh, emotionally, or any other way. So that's why we got the groups. And it brings the authentic relationships. What goes, uh, just coincides perfectly with that is that level of accountability. You know, you can come into a setting like this and you can be as anonymous as you want to be. You can come in and you can, you know, hear, hear the sermon and, and do your thing and, and, and then walk out the door. The reason we do the Connect cards and we ask everybody to, to fill out a Connect card and put that in the offering is so that we know that you're here, you know, because we may not get to everybody. When we had uh, even 200 and 300, uh, there weren't many Sundays that I couldn't get into the worship auditorium and shake hands with just about everybody that came in this room. And that's impossible now. You can't do that. But now if you're in a life group and there's 12 people there, another life group that I'm a part of, uh, one of my buddies that's in that group, hadn't seen him in two or three uh, meetings. Called him up. And uh, I said, hey man, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Dude, I've been missing you. What's going on? What's, what's happening in your life? Have you been in church? Have you been? And then he began to tell me, and it's not because I'm trying to, I'm, I'm not policing his life, but we have a relationship that is such that I can say, listen, man, I'm concerned about you spiritually. I have an accountability. I have two accountability partners uh, with a, uh, it's a program on your computer called X3 Watch, Triple uh, X Church. Uh, dot com is the one that came out with that, and we were sharing that the other night, and somebody said, what'd you say? Triple um, X, what? Uh, but X3 Watch is an accountability software, and if you go, if you visit a site that has, uh, I, and I think the way that it works is by particular words. If there's a particular word in something that you're searching, it will, it will pop that up. That didn't snap near as loud as I was hoping it would. But it pops up, and, and it sends that information to your accountability partner. Well, I just learned recently, I got intimately acquainted with what malware is on your computer. You don't want that on your computer. And I had that, and every week my accountability buddies were getting emails from X3Watch about sites that I'd visited. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And that's what one of them did. He called me up. The first, the first email he got, he called me up and he said, um, uh, Hey, uh, Pastor Andy. I said, Hey, man, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. He said, uh, Anything you need to talk to me about? <laughs> and that's all he said. And I was driving down the road and I was like, um, I don't think so, but hey, whatever you want to talk about, I'm good. And he said, I just got a report. And I got to tell you something. I'm so thankful. And, I mean, it, it wasn't anything, but I'm so thankful that he didn't look at our relationship and say, man, he's one, of the, he's one of the pastors at the church. I can't call him out on that. Yes, you can. You better. I need you to. I need you to look into my life and say, hey, man, what's going on here? And, I mean, he wasn't playing. He didn't laugh or nothing. And I was like, I'm sorry, you know. <laughs> but... 
But then we fi- figured out what it was. And, you know, but that is what you get when you're in a life group. And, and you may say, well, I, I don't know. I don't know how comfortable I am with that. But I'm telling you, if you want to grow, if you want to get off milk, and you want to grow in your relationship with God, and you want your marriage to be as strong as it's ever been, and you want relationships that you have with people you work with and family, all those things, man, we got to have accountability. Everybody drifts. Yes. Everybody drifts. And you always drift. drift. We, we, uh, you know, our staff is, is like a small group. Mm-hmm. And I know when somebody's drifting, I don't mean they're drifting into sin, but maybe they're drifting into isolation mm-hmm. a little bit or discouragement, or maybe they're having some issues in their ministry that I didn't know they were having. Yep. But I get to know them as a staff person, and then when staff's over, I can go to them. They've been to me before. When they saw me, I wasn't myself. Mm-hmm. You know, what's up, Pastor? You know, something's going on. What's yep. up? Yep. And um, it, it caused me to talk about some things that I was trying to just kind of maybe act like weren't there mm-hmm. or just kind of shelve them. And uh, that's what we're talking about. It's not a judgmental thing. No. It's a thing of understanding we all drift. Mm-hmm. And there are going to be people in your group that when you drift, they're just going to reach out there and get you. And when, you, and when they drift, you're going to reach out there and get them. That's the power of small groups. That's what we can't do in here. Look, you could start drifting as a part of this Sunday morning congregation and nobody except you and God might be aware. Nobody else. Because you just can't do it. We don't have that ability unless through discernment God were to speak to our hearts. And so that's why small groups are so important as well. And I, I, know we're, I know we're getting close on time, Pastor, but uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention, and it, it, it just flows right into that, is, is talking about care. Um, that's the other thing that, that a life group affords you is, is uh, uh, care. And, and I tell you, Kevin's group, and there, there are many others that are represented uh, through the folks that are sitting in this room, uh, do an outstanding job caring for the people in their group. The choir uh, does a phenomenal job of caring for folks. There'll, there'll be a surgery or something that somebody will have, and, and I call them up, and, you know, I'm, I'm me and Pastor Jeremy, the pastors of pastoral care, and we're trying to give pastoral care. And Do you need anything? Do you need a meal? Do you need your grass cut? Do you need this or that? Man, they've already got it all taken care of. But I, I wanted Kevin... Uh, because he's just, he's a guru, and he's been doing that a long time with his life group, and I'd just like for him to speak to that for just well, a little bit. I think bit. what we find out is in the Bible, <clears throat> the preachers are to preach and teach, and we are to look after one another and, 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 and shepherd our, uh, our friends and family. One thing in, in, in all the leaders' meetings, what we talk about is, is <laughs> us as leaders being shepherds to our people, but what I want to... Uh, portray over is that is that we need to be shepherds to to, to people around us every mm-hmm. single person every member needs to needs to be a shepherd to one another and all that is is looking after them mm-hmm. and we do it anyway most of us I mean most of us uh, w- will help strangers sometimes if we see them that's just the kind of people we are but if we have a knowledge that everybody in my group has got my back and they're gonna look after me in times whenever whenever life happens because it's gonna happen and, we, and, and we're, either, we're either going going smooth or we've just come out of a, of a rough patch, 
We need that support. And what happens is, is if I know that I've got a back, and I, and I have family around here. I'm lucky enough to have a family within a 20-mile radius. Um, but so many people coming in from the Air Force, they, their family consists of their wife and, their, and maybe a, a kid. And that is tough to have. That's your only support group. They need people to back them up, and they have a church group, but to have that small group there is, is the thing. Um, when, when people get deployed, we've got to take care of the spouse left behind mm -hmm. in, in, in so many different areas. And it just doesn't need to be on pastor's job. They've got a lot going on with, with, the, uh, with the just hospital visits alone. We need to take care of that stuff. And that's what the Bible tells us to do. Um, we, are, we are to be shepherds to Christ-like-minded people. and uh, People and, that you're endured to. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I mean, I'm... I'm you're done now, right? Because I interrupted him. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll go on then. Tell, tell uh, maybe in the time that's left, stories. Do, are, do any stories come to mind um, as it relates to, and I didn't mention this to either one of you before, right this moment. Uh, but I, I was wondering if you think of a story of somebody who... Um, the life group just really came through for them, mm -hmm. or maybe you felt like you were going to have to call the staff and get the staff involved, mm -hmm. and we were going to have to leave our assignments yeah. and go care, but then that group stepped in. Well, I'll tell you, one of the things that we do around here is we have lots of babies. There are lots of babies being born uh, up in here, and that's why I don't know so what's many. causing that, but y'all keep doing it. <laughs> There's, there's a lot of mamas, and, and, and a lot of times, you know, and those babies, they, they don't wait on a, a good time. I mean, they, they like to come in the middle of the Super Bowl or, uh, you know, in, in the middle of a playoff game or something. Um, but there have been several occasions just this year where I've gotten texts and phone calls from life group leaders who have said, hey, so-and-so's in the hospital, they're in labor, everything's fine, they can't take visitors right now, I'll keep you up to speed on what's going on. And it was their life group leader. And I didn't do anything with that. They were on point. We had a life group, um, actually, that just has formed about a month and a half ago, and it was one of those situations. Uh, the husband was deployed. Mom's home. Got a small child there. Live in town in Goldsboro. No family in the area. And I mean sick, like the flu, high fever, just the whole deal going on. The leaders went over to her house at 2 o'clock in the morning. They, uh, the wife took the, the, the mother to the emergency room to get checked out. Uh, and her husband and some other people in the team stayed with that baby to make sure everything was fine. The day after, they got food over there. They took care of that family and looked out for them. And that is huge. I'm telling you, if you've ever been in a situation, I've never been in that until last year. I was in a situation last year where I've always been able to care and give and take care of stuff, and I didn't, I didn't need a whole lot of, uh, of stuff and help from the community, per se, although I've always received it. But my life, everything in my world stopped last year at the end of July. I couldn't do anything. My little brother came up, and I'll tell you, just to, to give an attaboy to you guys, um, I, I messed my knee up real bad. I couldn't, I couldn't work. I I had surgery. I'd never had that before. Didn't know what that was like. 
and my little brother came up and he was going to help me around the house and, and just uh, take care of some stuff for me uh, while I was trying to get better. And this church just, man, anything you need, whatever you got. He, he got there on a Saturday morning. He said, I was going to come cut your yard. He said, there's 20 people in your yard. I can't do anything. So <laughs> what do you want to do? I said, let's watch a baseball game. You know, I, there wasn't much else going on. But, and it's not just my story. There's story after story after story. I, I see Bill, and I don't want to embarrass Bill, but I, Bill, Peter had a, had a scare, had a heart attack, you know, and was rushed awake. Well, they're kids in school, and, and mom's coming with them, and all their family's out of town. Their life group went right over there. We got the kids. We got the yard. We got food. We got, and they just took care of everything. And that's, yeah, amen. And when we talk about care, and we talk about being a church of small groups, and we talk about culture, because a lot of times we say that word, and I don't think we really understand exactly what we're talking about. It's kind of like organic, you know. Everything's organic now, and it's not just the way you grow your food. It's the way you dress. It's the way you decorate. And it's just a different way. of it, it's, it's verbiage that we use. But when we talk about culture, that's what we're talking about, that we're a church that just responds to each other. We just love each other, and we're there for each other, and we're going to continue to be there for each other. But the only way that happens is by us growing smaller so that we can keep our finger on the pulse of what's going on. You don't go to the hospital and get one nurse for the entire floor that you're on. You get one nurse for just a few patients, all right, because they know they need intensive care when they get there. And so for us to be able to adequately love each other and care for each other and really be the church to each other, it's got to happen that way. So. Okay. Awesome. I wish we had more time. This is, this is excellent. And uh, uh, there are probably going to be some people today because mm -hmm. of this who yep. say, I'm interested now. I yes. didn't know those things. And uh, maybe they even have more questions. Mm -hmm. So is there a way to sign up online or they can sign up Absolutely. at the Connect Center? You and you're not necessarily signing up for a group, mm -hmm. but you're signing up for more information. If you are ready for a group, I think you can go ahead and say, I'm ready yep. whenever an uh, opening comes up. And so what do they do there? Yes, sir. They can, you can go online and uh, you just... Go online and, and go to in, involve. You want to get involved in, in something in the church. And, and I, I think that it's, um, I believe it's under there. It may not be under that tab, but you'll go to a tab and it'll, it'll show you life groups. All right? On the, on the very, on the home page of our website. I think it's under grow. Grow. Okay. Grow. Thank you. <laughs> he knew I was wrong. I appreciate that. You go under Grow, and you'll find life groups. You click on life groups, and then what will happen is a form will just drop down, and you just fill out the, the things that are in that field. And that email comes to me, and it comes to Kevin. One of the huge things that Kevin does for me is help me get people plugged into groups. And so we'll get an email indicating your interest, and we'll email you back and let you know we've received it, and then the ball will start rolling as to, you know, where you live and, and proximity and all that kind of stuff. So we'll be happy to get you connected and answer any questions you have as it relates to that. If you don't go online, if you'll go to the Connect Center yes. uh, today, Someone they've can got help a computer right mm -hmm. there. They'll help you get signed up so you can uh, get in a group. So um, 
I hope you see what's happening up here. I hope you see what's happening uh, through this sermon series is we are telling you that our church has reached a point where there is time for another paradigm shift in how we do things. And we don't want you to get a sense of, I don't want to go to church out there anymore. I feel like I'm just going to some big event, some big concert, uh, some big uh, conference. I don't really have a church feeling. And we don't want that. We want you to walk in and know people, feel connected to people. But we can't wait to put that structure in place. And we can't wait to emphasize the importance of you um, uh, getting involved in that. And so we are doing this sermon series to tell you that what got us here, hallelujah, won't get us to the next place God wants to take our church. And can I ask you all a question? How many of you all believe God's got some really cool stuff planned for this church right Amen. here? Amen. <clears throat> Amen. So we got to, we're not changing the message. Never, never, never change the message because the message is the infallible, inerrant word of God. But yes, we will change methods around here in a heartbeat. We'll change methods.